Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, April 28, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 53. That's 5-3. For context, we will reread the second paragraph beginning with when we became and then pick up where we left off on Friday by reading and discussing our sharing, focusing, excuse me, our sharing on the following paragraph which begins with arrived at this point. Today's readers are as follows. Sally C., The Twelve Steps, Nancy O., The Twelve Traditions, and Helena, Janice M., and Lauren S. will be reading the text. The share ID for Sunday, April 27th, is 6241. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sally C. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Sally C. calling in from Oregon. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for this opportunity to give service this morning, and I pass. Thank you, Sally C. I will now ask Nancy O. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca, and good morning, everyone. This is Nancy O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ohio. The 12 Traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy O. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 53, the second paragraph beginning with, When We Became. I will ask Helena to read two paragraphs and that we focus our comments primarily on the second paragraph, which begins with, 
arrived at this point. Helena, please go right ahead. Good morning. This is Helena, recovered in Jersey, recovered but far from perfect. When we became alcoholics, crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade, we had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted with the question of faith. We couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason toward the desired shore of faith. The outlines and the promise of the new land had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirits. Friendly hands had reached out in welcome. We were grateful that reason had brought us so far, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile, and we did not like to lose our support. I have just a few comments on this. Um, Many of you who have heard my story before know that I came into this program with a faith in God. And I did not even realize how heavily I was leaning on reason. Um, Reason told me that God was busy making sure that the world did not explode with an atom bomb and that people were not dying of starvation in other countries. God was not uh, concerned or did not have time for my food, for my feelings, for my life. I was supposed to take care of those things myself and then come to God. And I failed over and over. And therefore, in many cases, I was avoiding God. The other thing I didn't believe that God actually was going to be able to do because my reason told me otherwise was that God could not restore me to sanity. I had never been sane. I had never been sane when it came to food and I had no idea how to live with and work any relationships in my life. And I did not realize that God was going to be able to restore me to what he had in mind for me when he created me. So I, too, was leaning very heavily on reason, although I thought I was leaning on faith. And I had to face the proposition that either God is everything or he is nothing. Either he cares about me and is really something, power outside of myself that can solve all my problems, which my reason said was not possible, or else he is nothing. And I'll pass. Thank you, Helena. Who would like to share on the second paragraph that Helena read this morning? Eileen? This is Jackie. I'd like to share. Eileen and then Jackie. Go ahead, Eileen. Thanks so much. This is Eileen, compulsive overeater from Bedford, Mass. Definitely uh, arrived at this point. We were squarely confronted with the question of faith. Um, I never had faith. I never had belief until um, 10 years ago when I finally got this program after 18 years. And I suffered consequences because of this disease. I never had children. Uh, I I've owned a house once for four years. I still live at my mom's. But anyway, it's, it's you know, the gratitude that is in my heart for everything in my life today, I owe to, to my higher power, you know, and, and this fellowship, the people in this fellowship and the tools, everything about it. Um, friendly hands had stretched out 
and welcomed when I came in, and they still do today. We're grateful that reason had brought us so far, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile, and we did not like to lose our support. Yeah, reason is not everything. No, you have to trust that your higher power is guiding you for the choices that you need to take. But at least today, I'm aware of it, and I take the time, and I wait for the answer to come. I don't have to impulsively act on my answer, what I may want to happen. I don't have to act on my will. I can accept and look at God's will for me. Um, Perhaps we have been leaning too heavily on reason. Um, But anyway, thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen. Jackie? Yes, this is Jackie, a grateful compulsive overeater. And I really love this chapter. Just love it with all of my heart and soul. Uh, I like what he said, arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted with the question of faith. We couldn't duck the issue anymore. Last night, I was going over Bill's story with a, a friend of mine on page 12, just, just about the last paragraph, and it says, Thus was I convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want him, uh, wanted him enough. And what come to, came to my mind is, wow, how great is this we agnostics uh, chapter because it's basically telling me God gave me a choice. I can accept them or I don't have to, you know, and um, I've always believed I always had faith. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, wow, how awesome is God to give me a choice to want him or I don't have to want him. But I know this, when I didn't want him, my life was upside down. I was in a bad deficit of self selfishness, uh, self-confidence, I, I was I was in a bad depth uh, there. I couldn't cash in on anything there. But in a sense, God is either, either he is or he isn't. And God is everything to me. Without God, I'm nothing. And I'm realizing that today. Um, I need a God of my understanding to help me through because the old way uh, just put me uh, in a place of darkness. And today, how awesome is that, that uh, God gives me choices. I can accept him, and he won't punish me if I don't. And and that's good, but he's always waited on me. Why? Because he's omnipresent. And today, I, I get that. He's everywhere. I can call on him at any time, regardless of what I'm going through or how deep in it I am. I can always call on him, and he's always right there to stretch out his hand. And uh, with that, thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Jackie. Who else would like to share? This is Bella. Can I share? Larry. Bella and then Larry. Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Arrived at this point, it's a wonderful a wonderful sentence, a sentence with very much empowering and with hope. Yes, before the program, I 
I knew that there is God, but he wasn't part of my life, not at all. I was connected to my, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I was connected to my ego only. I was very much self-centered. If people would tell me that I am selfish, I would say, oh no, I am, I am selfish, not at all. But yes, I was. I wanted people should think exactly the way I think. I wanted people should do exactly what I wanted. I, I, my, I, I knew that I am here only to control, to do my will. And oh boy, if my will was a mistake, I couldn't forgive to myself and not to others. And yes, arrived at this point. Yes, now the point is that I am, I know, I know that God is there. I know that God is here. I am so thankful <clears throat> that I am connected to God. I am so thankful that I know that I am here only as a messenger of God. I am here to give over the message of God, not my message. I am so thankful that I know I am powerless. I am powerless. I am not connected to my ego. I am connected to the power of love, to the power of God. Yes, thank you that this is the point that I am now. My life, I live now in peaceful. I know that I'm here connected to love and respect. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Larry? Hi, this is Larry. Good morning. Uh, Larry, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, when I was reading this, um, you know, again, we're talking about reason and, um, you know, I, I can imagine this sort of bridge of reason, you know, toward the desired shore of faith. And, and it just reminded me for some reason I was reading, uh, I go back to my journals, and I was reading a journal entry from, from several years ago. And here's where my reason took me then. Um, it's, it's amazing. Um, I was reading an entry of, um, I, I was at my wit's end, and I, I purchased these pills online, uh, non-prescription, you know, like, uh, but they were pills. That's what they were. Um, that guaranteed to, to do a number of things for me. Um, and I researched each of these things, uh, reduce my appetite, balance my blood sugar level, all these things. Oh, and burn calories um, efficiently and, and all these things. And I, being the man of reason and intellect that I am, I researched all the ingredients in, in these pills, you know, and uh, they, they, you know, and everything, I'll tell you what, everything panned out, all the research, all the reason. Boy, did that appeal to my my self-centeredness. Um, and so then I, uh, to drop, I, I think I wrote in my journal entry about $300 for 30 days worth of these pills. I don't remember what they were, um, what the name of them was, but it doesn't matter. But the point was, is that was where my reason took me. Now, I, I was a person that had that had faith you know, of some kind. It wasn't, it wasn't as though I was an atheist, that I had, you know, I could prove the, 
that God did not exist. I believe that there was some higher power. But in the midst of that belief that was that was so far from you know, from this reason, there was a great divide, you know, there was a great divide between my reason and my judgment and this, this, this understanding of faith. So, um, that's, that's, you know, just an example of where it took me. And, um, and I did many things along those lines based on reason, you know, based on, on the best judgment that I had at the time. But really what I was doing in reflection is I was making a God out of some external thing and, and making a God out of myself that, that my sick mind could reason and judge and make a decision and advise others, and all these things. Boy, was I self-centered to the extreme. So, you know, um, arrived at this point, you know, being squarely confronted with a, a new faith, you know, I couldn't duck those issues anymore. And, you know, looking at this sort of rickety old bridge as I began to embark on these steps without really knowing if they'd work for me, you know, um, I was tired. I was exhausted. I was, you know, I feel like emotionally exhausted, spent. And these, these slowly but surely, this practical program of action brought new luster um, to my tired eyes and and it gave me courage. My spirit was, I mean, flagging, diminished. Yeah, it was, it was, it was diminished. And and then there was all these friendly people, you know, that had uh, that stretched out and said, you know, come on, it's it's okay. This rickety old bridge, it's not so rickety. You can cross over. You can do this. Uh, God will do this for you. You just do. You just do what you know what the steps ask. You you are not going to give yourself a vital spiritual experience. <laughs> don't, don't don't kid yourself. You, you're not. It's not like the pills. You know you, you're. You're not going to give yourself anything. You are going to get in, into a new relationship with God, and um, and so somehow, you know, we I was relying too heavily on reason, and uh, thank God uh, for Alcoholics Anonymous that I I slowly but surely with uh, with with the support of others was able to cross over, and my life has been different ever since. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Elaine. And then Elaine. Hi. Hi, I'm Leanne, recovered for today. And um, this reminds me of um, step two is where I had already had to trust a sponsor and a nutritionist with my food. And um, for me, faith didn't come until I took a risk. I had to take the risk that um, God was going to take care of me Overeaters Anonymous, um, I was a little different because I had about 40 pounds to gain. And everybody around me was losing and all happy and feeling great. And and nobody, I don't care if you're 40 pounds underweight or whatever, none of us with alcoholic minds can handle gaining weight. I knew I couldn't. But it wasn't until I took that risk and trusted a sponsor and a nutritionist that my faith started to happen where I saw how gentle God was with me. That's when I first started to really experience this. I did all kinds of reasoning before I took the risk and trusted somebody with taking that leap of faith with the thing that I used the most to control my life, which was food. And to give and put that in God's hand is when step two started to happen for me. And um, I started to see 
that God wasn't out to freak me out. He wasn't out to scare me away. He was so gentle with me. He didn't do more with me than I could handle. He, you know, the weight had to come on, but he made it so joyous for me. Like he completely rearranged my mind during that process of gaining 40 pounds. And um, that right there helped me come to know his character more than anything ever has because that was the hardest and most scary thing I've ever done in my life. Um, My disease had me believing that if I wasn't the thinnest of the thin, I was nothing. And it was so vitally important that I was thin, although I had the food obsession and wanted the food like a compulsive overeater also. But for him to straighten out that part of my mind and um, to see that when I turned off my thinking and um, allowed somebody else to think for me there, I came to know him and his character. And I could always go back to that now today if there's something hard and difficult I'm facing to remember how gentle and kind and, oh, amazing he was to me during that time. So that's when my, you know, I felt like the bridge reached the shore and I was able to cross and, um, you know, there was a lot of people around, too, that he put in my life. He just really did put the fellowship that my spirit was craving that I didn't even know around me. He did that. And um, so it's just, a, for me, it's always a matter of taking the risk first, taking the action first, then comes the willingness and the faith. But you know, I have to do my 1%, and that usually, for me, is the very most hardest thing because I want the results first. I want to see the proof first. Um, So anyway, that's what this reminds me of. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Leanne. Elaine? Hi, this is Elaine, compulsive overeater recovered in Massachusetts. And, um, boy, giving up reason. (laughs) You know, you want me to give up the food and reason? (laughs) In my in my um, upbringing, being able to reason things out and understand things and figure out the answers and know all the answers was, you know, that was how we lived. That was how we survived. And um, I thought I had faith in God. And I really, you know didn't understand that I was still working on reasoning, you know, waking up in the middle of the night with my brain going 25 million miles an hour trying to figure out the solution to this, the solution to that, not just my problems and work problems, but their problems and what they're doing. And, you know, um, even though the food was down, the reasoning was up. The the trust and reliance on God um, hadn't been brought into every area of my life. You know, we're supposed to practice these principles in all of our affairs, but even today I find myself sitting down and trying to, you know, reason everything out with leaving God out of the equation completely. I love an acronym somebody shared just a few days ago on this meeting for trust that said, try really using step three. You know, um, where I surrender my will in my life, which to me means my reasoning 
my trying to figure this whole thing out without inviting God into it. I love the idea. I was so relieved to discover that I could, uh, you know, if I didn't know what to do, I didn't have to sit and reason with it for 24 hours or 26 hours and talk to everybody I know about it and call 45 people um, in the rooms or out of the rooms to try to find the solution to my problem. I could just offer it to God and know that the answer would come. It may not come in a minute. It may not come in five minutes. But as a compulsive overreader, I want what I want, and I want it now. (laughs) I want the credit for figuring it out. Um, I so heavily trust and relied on my reason. But now, um, you know, continuing to walk and grow in this program, I realize that these are, this is one of the crutches that I need to let go of. And it is seeing other people who are living this way to really have peace and serenity through practicing these principles in all of our affairs. And they are reaching out their hands. I hear it on this phone meeting. I, I see it with some of the people who, who are working the program in my face-to-face meetings. Um, and if you people weren't out there offering this reality, I would never cross that bridge. I would never. It is too scary to let go of those crutches. It is too scary to let go. It's like scaffolding that's held me up. And if you take it down, I will be like a boneless jellyfish on the ground, not knowing how to function. But, um, you know, I needed to abandon those crutches. I need to more and more, I'm, I'm finding, abandon those things and <laughs> tru- truly <laughs> uh, try try using, um, you know, step three, trusting and relying on a higher power of my, than myself in every area of my life, not just with the food, um, not just with relationships, not just with work, but in every area of my life. It was so scary and it felt so rickety. And I still have shaky legs at times, but I've crossed that bridge. And um, I'm so grateful that my higher power may not come through in the minute I want, may not come through in the hour that I want, but my higher power always comes through. And I am so grateful for that and for uh, taking that <laughs> trip across the bridge. Thanks so much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine. Okay, why don't we go on to the next paragraph, and that would be with Janice M., Well, thank you, Rebecca and everyone. My name is Janice M. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. That was natural, but let us think a little more closely. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith? For did we not believe in our own reasoning? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? Was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we had been faithful, objectively faithful to the God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. Beautiful questions that they, they are asking us. It was natural. Yeah, without knowing it, Without knowing it, I was crushed by self-sufficiency. You see, so to conquer this malady that I had, um, I used logic. 
I use intellect. I had determination. <laughs> but nothing worked for me. See, it was natural to do this. It's natural to use your intellect, etc. You know, but wasn't I faithful to my reasoning with a capital R? Wasn't I faithful and I made that my God? Wasn't I playing God by my own reasoning? That was the state of mind I had. And uh, so what it's telling us, we, we this is still step two now. So it's, it's telling us, you know, a little change here. Be a little open-minded. Um, you know, your reasoning didn't work, Janice. This is your best thinking. Your best thinking, Janice, all these years got you where you are today. You know, not where I'm at today, but where I was. Um, because what did I do? I depended, I relied, and I trusted myself, my abilities. But where did my abilities come from anyway, when you really think about it? Well, did I give myself this ability? Did I create my mind? Well, I don't think so, Janice. I don't think so. So, yes, I was playing God, and I did have uh, faith in something. You know, we all say, oh, I don't have faith. Well, yeah, we do. We have a lot of faith. But this is, you know, suggesting this is only step two. Be willing to believe, or if you already believe. doesn't say have faith right now, but we'll be willing to believe. Because before I came to real faith with my disease, I had to be willing to believe it would work, that I would make a decision that, you know, made a choice, well, perhaps there is a God, you know, that will help me. Uh, because what if there, what if I didn't choose a God? Where would I be? You know, God either is or he isn't. So I know that I couldn't be the God because it wasn't working. And then I took action to get the results, and then faith really came. See, that's when the, it's not telling us here that we have to really have faith now, but just be willing to believe that faith will come. And absolutely, it does. It's a, it's a promise. It's a promise. Otherwise, we just go and just live with the bedevilments. And uh, that progresses, and, but so doesn't recovery progress. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Lonnie. Go ahead, Lonnie. Hi, everybody. This is Lonnie, um, recovered um, compulsive overeater in Florida. Um, so somebody just said, you know, we're still in step two. So step two, you know, this is telling me I'm coming to believe, you know, in a power greater than myself. And this paragraph is is showing me so beautifully that I've had faith all along, but my faith was misguided. My faith was in reasoning. My faith was in my mind. My faith was the things that my mind told me that food would fix me and make me feel better or all the other things that I did, you know, that that's what would work for me. And where did that get me? It got me, you know, into compulsive overeating and morbidly obese and miserable, you know, and hating life. So this paragraph is opening up my eyes, you know, that I've had faith all along, all along, but my faith was just misguided. So it's showing me that I do have the capacity to have trust and faith in something, and I just need some, some redirection. 
You know, I just need to redirect to have faith in God, the God that, that lies in my heart, not in my mind. Because my mind is my reasoning is where my disease thinking is. You know, and in my heart, which is, you know, my God within, that's where I believe the truth lies. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you, Lonnie. This is Rebecca, and I'd like to share. Uh, you know, my mind has limitations. I only know so much. I can only understand so much. And even though I thought I knew a lot, I was aware that I didn't know everything. But for some reason, when it came to managing my weight or uh, managing my life, I thought that I was limited to what my mind had the capacity to reason. And I learned from all of you that there's something more than what I could conceptualize. And I was desperate enough to have faith that perhaps there was something I didn't know that could help me. And so I trudged that very long bridge of reason, which if the last mile of the bridge, um, I was relying heavily on support, the support of reason and had trouble letting go. Think how long the entire bridge is. That was a long, long bridge. It took me a long time to get here. I had checked out OA so many years ago, I don't even remember, and just disregarded it because it didn't match what I could reason. And thank you all, (laughs) and thank God for you all being here to... um, opened my eyes up to the possibility that something could help me that I couldn't conceptualize and just do what you did because I wanted what you had and I was able to let go of that which was holding me back from stepping ashore and just give myself to, as it turns out, God, I didn't get it at the time, and uh, try something that was beyond what I knew how to do because what I knew how to do wasn't working. And lo and behold, um, this program worked for me, and it can work for anyone who's willing to just uh, take that leap of faith and step onto the shore and come along with me and those of us who have... um, taken that leap of faith and with that I will pass who else would like to share on what was read this is Anita may I share Uh, could you say your name again please Anita Anita and was there someone else at the same time Leah Leah Anita and then Leah go ahead Anita Hi, my name is Anita, and I am 
a new caller from Massachusetts who has been on that bridge since 1978. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't on that. I didn't know about the bridge in 78. But I thought I found the solution in the 90s um, when I did the big book step study. But you know what? My big book step study, the way it was done, the way I did it, it ended three-quarters of the way across the bridge. It, it, I just didn't get it all. My God was too small. I can't believe it. You folks have just opened my eyes. I am so grateful. So, so grateful. I thought I knew what God was. And um, he was way too small. Your God's bigger than mine. And guess what? I could have him too. So I've been. I'm doing it. I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm, I'm just a, can you tell I'm happy? I, I just wanted finally to get my voice on the, on the air, and uh, I mostly listen to you during the day and talk to myself instead of you guys. So thank you very much. I'm not going to go anywhere. I just keep listening, and sometimes I listen to more than one, and um, gratitude is up the kazoo in me. Thank you very, very much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. Leah? Thanks so much, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name's Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, uh, we're obviously in Chapter 4 entitled We Agnostics. And, um, you know, the big book here is making a case what it's saying um, to me is that, you know, regardless of any protests here uh, by someone who, you know, might be an agnostic or an atheist or a practical agnostic, um, we do believe in things that are, in fact, more powerful than we are. Um, you know, it's, it's saying here we believe in, in our own reasoning. You know, and we actually worship that reasoning. And, and it'll go on and tell me that, it, that I worship other things like love or money that can't be justified by using logic. So it's saying, you know, haven't I got this far by some kind of faith? Um, I know I was brought up in a very, you know, intellectual, cerebral environment. So I was not um, introduced to this world. I had been, uh, you know, living based on my intellect. However, however, this disease had beat me with a, to a pulp. You know, my, I was powerless. My, my life was unmanageable. So I had been cornered. So unless I was going to let go of this distrust of mine and begin to lean into these steps, and of course this is step two, begin to press into it, if I was not willing to do that, then I was going to continue to operate in an insane manner. And that chaos and that confusion in my life was going to only increase. Because I was not going to be able to transcend my intellect by using my intellect. <laughs> that would, that would, you know, it had, it, it had not worked for me. I needed a new mind. I needed a spirit-guided mind. And only when I could let go of that ego and that intellect um, and, and, and actually allow that to be dethroned could some power greater than myself uh, begin to rule my life. But I had to be willing. And it couldn't be about feelings. Feelings are important, but...
but feelings were a trap in this spiritual life of mine because the the bottom line is, as the ultimatum said in the paragraph before, God either is or he isn't, Leah, whether you feel it or not, Leah. So whether you feel it, Leah, is totally irrelevant. What's irrelevant, what is relevant, Leah, is what you do. Are you going to trudge this journey? Are you going to implement these steps? That's what was relevant. Whether I felt it or not was not relevant. Because, you know, it didn't have to have certitude. It didn't have to have any particular feeling about it. I didn't have to have knowledge or evidence. You know, my, my, my life was at stake here. My life was at stake here. So when I began to behave as, as if it was true, that's when I was carried to the shore. That's when I was carried to the shore was when I began behaving like it was true. Because self-sufficiency was not going to produce a spiritual awakening for me. You know, the quality of my consciousness was going to determine my future. And as I looked around me at the chaos and confusion that, my, that I had created and my disease had, uh, you know, had, had manif- the way it had manifested, I could see that <laughs> my consciousness was, was creating wreckage. What if I opened my mind and was willing to believe something different? So, so my, uh, my focus began being on not proving that this was true, but acting as if it was true, and then, and then waiting for those results. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on what we read in this paragraph? Suji. Suji, go right ahead. Uh, hello. I wasn't succeeding in getting unmuted. Now I have to breathe in God and breathe out Sue so as to calm down about that little obstacle. Um, yeah, I, I really like this. Now, I, I'm thinking about my own faith, what I was brought up with and where I am. I, guess I always had a, a, a spirituality and a God in my life. I, I did believe in God. I flew against the uh, agnosticism and atheism that prevailed in my family of origin it, with great spirituality. It prevailed, but it wasn't the right religion for me. So um, here I am now, and I'm thinking about, again, how I got here and how that um, ties in. So I've been so we had been abjectly faithful to the God of reason. In one way or another, we discovered faith had been involved all the time. Well, I could go backwards from that, but I, I think um, the God of reason, uh, for me, doesn't, it, it doesn't work if I'm not honest, open, and willing. I was honest and open. I was in another fellowship where I worked the 12 steps but I just wasn't willing to take step one on my eating disorder. I had, I think this is God's message to me, I've had two sponsors in that program. Both of them had eating disorders. One had, because she's gone now, she died. The other one has, 
and eating disorders. Both of them were successfully dealing with their eating disorders. They admitted their powerlessness over it. And so they they got the 12-step message in, in one fellowship. Not me. I I was honest. Yes, I have a problem. I was open. Well, there must be a solution. But I was completely unwilling. And uh, so I think, and my reason, I'm I'm very reasonable, but I really have to have um, a a willingness. Um, I'm forgetting the word I want, but that doesn't matter. Um, I, so I just couldn't surrender completely. And then then came, uh, I think, another message from my higher power um, that that I was either admitting I was powerless. Oh, yeah, I got this eating disorder. Look at me. I gained 70 pounds when my mother died, and then I, I lost 20, and then I gained 10. And, oh, yeah, so I'm 60 pounds overweight. Yeah, I guess I'm powerless over this. But I couldn't admit that this was totally unmanageable, that I that I was defiant and that I was grandiose and I was not humble. And, and so I, I go to that idea that reason is fine as long as humility precedes it. Intellect is fine as long as humility precedes it. So then comes the disaster. My roof is caving in and the unmanageability of my life is in full force. So I see, oh, there's a leak in the roof. That's too bad. I'll put a bucket under it. The leak gets bigger. Oh, there's more water pouring down. I'll put two buckets under it. I kept putting buckets under it. And finally, I got the message, no, this isn't what you do. You have to surrender and call a roofer. So I did that. My daughter comes over and says, Mom, Dad, you're going to get killed. Your roof is going to fall in on you. Yes, dear, I know. I called the roofer. Thank God, she says. She's the messenger. She, she's, the, she's the channel. And so through this insanity, I, in, in short, I became willing to, to walk into this fellowship and I knew when I walked in that I needed the fellowship to keep me on a right course, that, I, that I'd gone on a right course up to a point, but I wasn't real willing to fully surrender and let, let you people be the channel for the higher power to speak to me. That's what I've gotten by coming into OA and that I'm not leaving because I know I need it. Thank you, God. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Suji. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Sally. Hi, Sally. Good morning, Rebecca. Uh, good morning and vision for you. This is Sally, recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And um, I guess I would just like to say that um, as we're reading more and more about um, our reasoning and our faulty reasoning, and we get to this paragraph, that was natural. Uh, what was natural? Uh, reason had brought us so far, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Um, I, when I see that, I... Um, Right away, I think about how we have to somehow take a leap of faith as we're crossing this bridge of reason. When we come to the shore of faith, 
there comes a point where the bridge does not meet the shore and we have to take a leap of faith. It goes on to say perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason, for sure, um, that last mile and we did not like to lose our support. That was natural because that's all we ever knew. And, And even though I went through the motions of having a relationship with a higher power and did all of the trappings that go with being in a relationship and being more in a religion than in a relationship, it was natural that I was leaning on the support of my reason. That's what I had. Um, But let us think a little more closely without knowing it had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. Yeah, when I, I just wanted to say that well, I had a lot of phone calls this weekend from people that were struggling, struggling in the food and wanting to know, well, how do we get out of the food so that we can think, so that we can do this. And I guess what I really feel I have to say this morning that came to me this weekend was that if I had cancer and I was told by a medical doctor, you have to have chemo, Sally, I would go systematically and have my chemo. I wouldn't go and have my chemo on Monday and then decide I'm depressed, I can't do it, I don't want to have my chemo. I would I would not do that. I would continue completely through the week. I would do whatever they told me to do. I would take my chemo like a good girl. I wouldn't say to them, listen, this week I'm not going to be able to do my chemo because I'm going to be on vacation. Or this week I'm not going to do my chemo because I don't feel like it. I would continue doing the chemo, whatever they told me to do, one step at a time. I would stop relying on my reason. I would, yeah, I'd go on the computer. I would really search out what type of cancer do I have. I would want to know everything I could possibly know. That's where my reasoning would be. And yet, I would listen to the doctors and I would do what they told me to do, exactly whatever they told me to do, because I would have to put my faith in them, because I would believe down deep in my heart, no matter how hard I studied that cancer, I would have to believe they know more than I do. They've gotten other people well. I have to rely on their reasoning here. They know more than me. And that's kind of what I see happening here as I'm going through these these paragraphs that are trying to get me to understand, yes, we're, you're going to have some reasoning involved here. And your reasoning is that you're going to cooperate with what they're telling you because you've got faith. If you haven't got faith in God yet, which probably is the case, have faith in the people that have gone before you, that they have had some success, that they've become recovered, and you can lean heavily on their reasoning. You can lean heavily on their experience. You can lean heavily on even on their higher power experience. Thanks for letting me share. That I pass. Thank you, Sally. Lois? Okay, Lois. You'll be our last sharer. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Lois in Massachusetts. And uh, this this is such a you know a vivid picture that Bill presents with the the bridge of reason and the shores of faith and I I just had to um, join in and add what my experience was 
was that um, it, it reminds me of, the, you know, a few years ago they had an earthquake in, in California and the bridge and the highway, the, the, the highway broke down and, and um, collapsed. And for me, you know, that's, that was what had to happen. You know, this is step two, and, and I came to this program full of fear, full of fear. And uh, I remember trying to um, talk to God and, and walk in the beach where I lived, and I'd say, please, you better be there. You know, I just can't stand to have another um, hope, you know, to begin to hope again and to have it dashed. And it wasn't until my my life was collapsing just like that bridge in California when they had that minor earthquake. The highway was collapsing. And it wasn't until then that that I was able to reach out and make that leap of faith because my, you know, my, my life was collapsing. I was going to die, and I really knew it before, but I didn't really believe it. So I had to, I was given the gift of desperation. And it was then that when I had the gift of desperation, desperation, that I was willing to take that leap of faith because I had not one smidgen of of hope left in the other way. So, uh, and I was so happy. It was the grace of God that helped me do that. And, uh, you know, I've, it's changed my life and has continued to grow in, um, in recovery. And uh, for that, I'm very grateful. So if you're new and you're listening, you know, please just keep coming, keep coming and, and asking for help. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Lauren S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes. Lauren S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We know, we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.